0: you by relentless mma and fitness relentless mma and fitness at 2118 highway 45 in columbus mississippi takes on the best martial arts training in columbus today proudly training people of all ages and abilities at relentless the goal is to provide the golden triangle with quality martial arts in a safe family-friendly fashion to see mixed martial arts grow teaching self-defense fitness, and training to athletes of all calibers. At Relentless, we strive to be the best mixed martial arts gym by working to provide the best coaches and instructors curriculum and offer a clean, safe, fun environment for you and your family to learn. Plus, there's something for all ages and experience levels. Come see us today at Relentless MMA and Fitness, 2118 Highway 45, Columbus, Mississippi. Or call today for more information, 662 259 That's 662-259-8005 for Relentless MMA and Fitness.
1: I'm not taking away from Helio. I'm not taking away from Carlos. I'm not taking away from Hickson. I'm not taking away from what Hoist did. I'm not taking away from any of the the greats in Jiu-Jitsu that brought this amazing art that I love to do um, to us. Okay. I just think that now as... You know, Americans start to dominate the podiums and anything other than uh, IBJJF hashtag fuck them. Um, <laughs> then I think that uh, I think that they're just mad about it a little yeah. bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just not a big fan of the IBJJF and like what Brazilians really want to make jiu-jitsu about now. Right. You know what I mean? I am, however, excited about the direction that some of the Americans are taking jiu-jitsu where I just feel like if I'm doing jiu-jitsu and I do a move and you're like well that move's not jiu-jitsu but it worked you know what I mean yeah like that's silly that's silliness Yeah. you're being silly at that point yeah I mean if it works it works right I don't care if it's sambo I don't care if it's wrestling Or folk style Or freestyle I don't care if it's Greco-Roman yeah. I don't care if it's Judo You fucking tapped out Because it was right. I don't know Your shit was fisting to get broke I just don't give a shit I don't care where it comes from That's a, that's a <laughs> dumb thing to me Something I with striking Honestly like I don't give a shit If it's Muay Thai Or Taekwondo Or I don't care if it's if it's. And I'm not doing a Jeet Kune Do shout, shout out here at all Because most of that Shit's garbage but, um, <laughs> but, you know what it was? You know, here, let me tell you the problem with Jeet Kune Do. Oh, man, I'm about to ruffle, ruffle some feathers on this one. I
0: mean, you already did. I'm, no,
1: it's about to get real bad Even now. More. It's about to get real bad now. The problem with Jeet Kune Do is because it was written and invented by an actor and then perpetuated by people who were trying to pick the parts of martial arts that were functional for a real fight and violence, and they were almost exclusively motherfuckers that knew absolutely nothing about a real fight or violence. That's my opinion. I yeah. just don't. I think, And they're all like, no, they had all these street fights and Bruce Lee was in a gang. It's like, bitch, he was a famous actor like in his late teens, early 20s. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, no. And the, and I don't give a shit about what you're doing in a street fight anyway. Like, a guy like me, I could go out and do some silly shit to a lot of people in a street fight. Yeah. And it would work. I'm 6'3". You know what I mean? I'm, super, I'm, I'm, I'm athletic. Like, are you super fat? Like, I don't give a shit what your street fight record is. How many times have we seen guys come in here, come in the cage, claiming a foot, or in the gym, claiming a 200, 300, no fucking street fighting record? Go back home, jerk your own dick off while you look in the mirror, and go have yourself a trophy made, because I'm about to fuck you up if you stay here. Yep. Like when Brian White fought that dude in Tupelo, that dude claimed to be two hundred and no, three hundred and 0. The dude looked like somebody's Uncle Greg. Okay, he had old <laughs> prison tattoos. He had a big fat belly. I think he had a C-section scar. I'm not even sure. Dude, he, might, he might have used <laughs> to been a woman. I'm just saying, you can tell this dude did not exercise. I drank beers and and chase whores, man. I'm in all the shapes. I'm chain smoking cigarettes outside. I'll fight him right now. I fight anybody. I'm 200 and 0 in the street. Who the fuck are you fighting, midgets one at a time? No, you are. <laughs> if you're 200 and 0, you you you're counting like you're counting fights you got into with elementary school children after you graduated. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Because like a lot of people do that. they try to like count elementary school fights. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. What? What? Or even I'll be honest, man, even if you're an adult like over 22 and you're still counting high school fights as like your <laughs> street fighting record. Yeah. Bro. And I'll be completely honest with you about this too, okay? I don't count any of my street fights. And you want to know why? Because a lot of the people I knocked the fuck out when I was getting into street fights were drunk as And I'm sorry, but I know jujitsu and I know martial arts on top of the fact that I'm big and I'm fighting people that are smaller than me and oftentimes drunk and I didn't drink. That's like playing GTA with the invincibility cheat codes on, (laughs) (laughs) and thinking that you're really good at GTA. I'm killing GTA. Oh, my God. Look at me killing all these cops on GTA. I'm the best. And the whole time you're sitting (laughs) over here like, uh, uh. Uh, square x square x <laughs> l1 uh, r1 l1 r1 square x square x up down whatever I'm, I'm i can do it i can actually do that cheat code I, but i do not know that cheat code is that weird no nope. it's right left right left square x square i don't remember but i can do it like super fast like i can like do this like my shit will like expire and, I'm, <laughs> and it's done i have no clue what that cheat code is Just muscle memory it's muscle memory <laughs> I have it so ingrained, and I like—I didn't play that video game for like years. Like it came out, I binged it. I played it all the time. And I was yeah. like, I've got a problem. I need to actually go do something with my life. <laughs> and so I went and like got the gym big and like, you like did all this stuff and then recently I was like, I'm gonna buy a PS4 because coronavirus has my gym shut down and I bought a PS4 and I bought GTA 5 on it and I was like, I'm gonna be immiscible. I don't remember the Chico's. And I just instinctively knew the Chico's. And They just started working, folks. I just, yeah. <laughs> but getting in fights with drunk people is like, especially when you know how to fight, like, it, you're playing GTA with the Chico's on, bro. You're not cool. Like, you, that doesn't count.
2: Do you ever wish somebody would walk in your gym like that? Like, you remember that video of that? I can't remember that guy's name, the ref that was up in Jason Arledge. Yeah. Yeah. Do like, yeah. you wish somebody would walk in like that?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, we've had similar stuff. Similar. Yeah. Nothing quite that bold. People who claim to box and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've, had, I've done traditional martial arts. Before. Oh, really? Yeah. Have I never told you? I've never told you. All right. So, like, I'll give you a, a really good, for instance. Um. And I'll tell you. I'm not going to use the guy's name. He's actually a really great guy. He's actually a really good guy. Um, I like this guy a lot. He's very likable. But he was talking to us back when we were at Game Time Sports on East Columbus. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, I need y'all to come teach me jujitsu. I want to get an MMA. I need y'all to teach me jiu-jitsu. My stand-up is, like, super good. Like, I don't need any help with that. But I just need to learn the ground. He was a black belt in karate, a style of karate. I'm not going to use what style it was. Um, so he comes in the gym and he was like, man, I want to come try it out, whatever, finally. And I was like, well, hey, look, man, I've got a fight coming up and I need training partners and you, you've got good stand up, Right. So we're sparring tonight. Um, what we're going to do, you come in and just spar with us. Right. And him and only one other guy showed up because when I was getting ready for fights, nobody wanted to show up. And it was him and Al Lawton. Right. Remember Al? Mm hmm. And what we were doing, we were doing a minute and a half rounds for them, and I just didn't get any rest at all. So I just borrowed him a minute and a half, Al a minute and a half, him a minute and a half, Al a and a half, and they were getting a minute and a half off. I got no rest rounds. And I did that nonstop for like 20-something rounds, 30 rounds, right? Mm-hmm. That was the plan, was to do that for that many rounds. Um, And, like, he got in his karate, his, more like a Taekwondo-style stance, completely oblique, and he was, like, jumping really high in the air and stuff, trying to set up that, like – crazy spin and shit and i just low kicked him in the calf and made him cut a backflip first exchange of, the, of the, the match like he just cuts a backflip and lands on his head and was like all right well i guess i need to learn how to deal with that and then he would like if he landed a punch he would land these like over the hand like backhand type punches that did no damage and then because he was so used to point sparring he would like drop his hands and walk away and then I would just light his ass up as he walked away. Just ba ba ba, and he had like, but that was like so ingrained in him, he couldn't stop doing it. He knew I was coming, but it was so ingrained in him from years of points barring, where he, he would like land it. one punch and he would just instinctively drop his hands and turn away from me, instinctively. Is
2: mm-hmm. that how? That, so if you score a point and,
1: in points barring, yeah, it, in most, in like and you just got to reset. Is mm-hmm. that what they, oh, so you gosh. start on a line, and it's first strike wins. Uh, right, so it's like okay. whoever can strike first, like just training that like strike first like as just like an exercise in the gym to do something like that every once in a while, actually probably wouldn't be a terrible thing. But it was a way for them to like mainstream karate competitions where it's not too it's not MMA, it's not kickboxing, it's not boxing, you know what I mean? Something that kids can do, something that everybody can do. Um, it's some, so we can make a shit ton of money and everybody can get involved in competitions and then we won't actually do what's called, what they call continual sparring, which is like what we do. Uh, okay. What we do is call, more like what they call continual sparring. They do what's called when they compete, typically, unless it's like in kick, what they call it, with, like basically kickboxing, um, which is pretty rare. Now, they do what's called point sparring. And yeah, you, it's the first one to five a lot of times. So you're like, if I strike, it's break, and then we'll back up. Now, you can't, you can't like kick them in the leg, can't kick them in the leg or anything like that. But like any strike to the body or back fist, you can't punch to the head, but you can back fist. So you like pop them in the head, just tap them.
2: Tap him. Damn! So he was hitting you. He'd, he'd like connect once and then just turn around and walk away. Yeah, I
1: mean, he, most of the time he would like, I would be in a combination. He would connect once. Yeah, like I would have already connected, but then it like in the combination he'll connect once and just he couldn't stop. Then it was incident. just muscle memory. It yeah. was just muscle memory for him to drop his hands and walk away. Damn. Crazy dude! It was crazy. Um, I didn't realize that. Another thing that I see people coming out of karate and taekwondo. Is they can't stop dropping their hands to their hips. Have you seen that? Yeah. They come in and cause they they train like horse riding stance and stuff so much where like it's all about the aesthetic of like snapping your hand down to your wrist, uh your your waist mm-hmm. and like in that like ready stance type. And they train that oh so much. Like when you're when you're in a have either one of y'all ever done any traditional martial arts? No. no. I haven't. Okay. So like when you're in those classes, a lot of what the class was when I did it was we would you know, get in lines and then they would call out these drills. So you had your, your black belts and your instructors in the front facing us and then we were all in lines, right? And then they would call out a stance and we'd be in our ready stance, hands in the middle. We'd get in that set, boom, Kia, And then they'd call stuff out. Boom, boom, boom. We just hit whatever combo they were calling, like high, middle, low, whatever. You don't roll your shoulder. They teach you not to roll your shoulders and they teach you to snap your hand back to your hip every time that you throw a punch for the aesthetic of it. And the problem with that is that is the exact opposite Of the correct way to throw a punch, like they do, no hip rotation, no shoulder rotation, no foot rotation. Standing in this stance, and you don't rotate at all. You just snap it and drop the hand as low as you can on your hip, like just above your pocket. And that's where you. That's how you. That's how you train Mm -hmm. most of the time. Um, you do have a different stance that they use for fighting. They have all these like hundred different stances. They have like a low block stance, which is oh my god, ridiculous. Like what are you blocking? Like uh, get out of here anyway a spear maybe <laughs> maybe they're blocking a spear i don't know um but you have like the low, low block stance your horse riding stance your knife hand stance and then you have your fighting stance like which is like your where you would actually spar from why do you need all those other fucking stances yeah you don't like oh, why do I need them i don't need them i don't need all those other, like you only fight in one of them like why are we making all this other
2: shit up it doesn't make any sense that's to good. me yeah I've, I've never done like you know traditional karate or anything like that that's that's strange to and me.
0: I, and after hearing that story, it's like I know after sparring with Jake and everything, I definitely don't want to drop my hands, especially if I land something. He's right. going to come right back with a flurry. <laughs> of them. Oh, shit. No, I'll <laughs> let you have it for free, Doc. Uh, can't, I can't let let you anybody. Have it for anybody.
2: Yeah. Like even with Richie, Richie was so fast. If you drop your hands, you're going to get hit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know why they do that. As it's it, well, you know, I think some of it is just tradition. I think most of it is um, like. They were really trying to sell it to normal people, and I think they just went too far with it. Because yeah. that's what that's that's where Jujitsu is right now too.
2: Going too far. You've talked about that before. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: we're we're at this we're at this crossroads. You know what I mean? And yeah. and this is the is the problem when you make something a sport. This is what the karate guys were like talking about. They're talking about like jiu-jitsu competitions or whatever. When the majority of your training starts to revolve around that sport instead of actual combat. Now, I say that and. I also want to like. At this point in jujitsu's journey, we're not there yet. Most people that are doing competition style jujitsu will still fuck you up. You know what I mean on the street. Oh yeah. And one of the good things about competition is it's like you don't you're not, you're not talking about point sparring competitions. You're not talking like it, it's you know it's uh like it is a, a resisting person that I'm trying this stuff on. They just can't hit me. There's just rules that are protecting me. Um, so it's not as bad as like, you know, just kind of doing stupid silly shit. Yeah. Um, but we're at this crossroads now where like it's becoming really mainstream. Everybody's starting to do jiu-jitsu. everybody's starting to train, everybody's starting to it's starting to get really, really popular. And schools like our school, we're trying to find ways to get an appeal to everybody, not just your MMA fighters, not just your jiu-jitsu competitors, not just your one you know, point zero one percent that we've gotten up to this point. But everybody, how do we get everybody in here? Mm-hmm. And the way you do that is you like you don't you don't do takedowns in training, right? Right. it's yeah. so one of the ways we do right, it. Yeah. Like we usually start on our one person pulls the guard, start on our knees or whatever. Well, that, one of the reasons that was was to prevent injury because right. you've got older grapplers on the mat, you know. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think you need to have other times that you are starting from your feet, you know. Right. Which you, we get, do when people are getting prepared right? for competition. People right? getting ready for competitions or during MMA class. Yeah. Because the thing about it is like. Um, takedowns when they're striking involved are different than takedowns in a competition yeah you know um so most of our takedowns are involved like when striking is involved but um you know it's, we're at this crossroads now where we have to make a decision of how like not to go too far one way you know and not to, to go far too far the other because you don't want to make jujitsu gyms where like the only people that are comfortable are the competitors or the fighters right There's no like it's never going to grow that way. It's never going to get big. It's not like we're going to have issues. At the same time, though, you also don't want jujitsu to go the direction where it's karate in America now. You know what I mean? Like you have to find this. You have to find this balance. I think MMA keeps jujitsu honest in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways. I think MMA keeps a lot of things honest because you're starting to see a reemergence of a lot of traditional martial arts. They're they're, they're getting better. They're improving. Like look at Israel Adesanya and Stephen Thompson, and they're coming out of kickboxing backgrounds, but that's an example of when traditional martial arts are done well the way that they were meant to be done the way that they were designed you know you're talking about like using against real combatants that can take me down i'm learning how to stop that i'm learning how to like land this on a on a you know somebody who's like trying to stop me yeah whatever like you know what i mean that's those are examples of when traditional martial arts can be exceptional they're amazing when, when taught and instructed correctly and, and under the right guidance and under the right mindset of I'm going to use this against someone for real who's at, and I'm going to practice it on someone who's giving me full resistance not only just standing up but also taking me down also working ground pound also I have to get back to my feet and still be able to use it I have to be able to check leg kicks I have to be able to defend myself in these different ways mm-hmm. and these guys come in and I do think you have to be more athletic with some of those styles um, but they, 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 they use it Perfectly. Yeah. So it's not that traditional martial arts itself is the problem; it's the mindset in which it's taught. It's a lot, a lot of it's bullshit, and a lot of that bullshit's been allowed to creep in because it's been taught under a mind frame of, you know, we're never actually using this, and it's taught under the like it's taught to people that are not connected enough to real actual real life violence to be able to recognize the fact that it's bullshit. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're giving my ten year old who does this two hours a day three to four days a week he's 10 years old and you're giving him his black dragon belt in your <laughs> bullshit martial art that should send off some red flags for me because i can still kick that little kid's ass right i'm an adult man that's never trained you know what i mean yeah. because i'm an adult man okay yeah that's true but like what how is that child a master at your combat sport that
2: craft yeah and,
1: and and this is coming from like also i'm a black belt right in brazilian jiu-jitsu and i will be the first to tell you that black belt is when journey when the when the learning journey of jiu-jitsu has begun for me. Yeah. Like I used to think that's the end of the journey. We were talking about this with Mac last week. And it's like, no, dummy, that's the end. No, it's not. You don't, like black belt is really when you start to learn. You cannot absolutely tell me that that eight-year-old is mentally in the same place as me after right. 12 yeah. years of j- Brazilian jiu-jitsu at 30 years old that yep. to be where I am right now to have the full scope and knowledge and understanding of like well everything kind of works and nothing you know nothing works all the time and how to troubleshoot I understand these concepts of violence I didn't just I don't like I didn't do a bunch of memorized katas like I was doing homework and come back in and break a board and get a black belt for 2 3 years you know what i mean like like i like i had to get to a point that i understood conceptually you know the the scope so that i could start to learn you know what I'm saying? You're telling me that 10-year-old? Well, you've that, had to apply
2: it, too. That's right. Like, when you constantly, get bills, you apply
1: Constantly. It. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Every piece of knowledge has to be constantly applied. Constantly. Yeah. Adapted. Because as I apply it, and then that conceptually birthed something, then people learn to defend it, and then I have to, like, go to another step and go to another stage, even if it's something that... Just you guys don't know, and then I teach it to you. Well, this is my go to move. How many times does my game have to evolve because I show you guys my A game? You guys yeah. all then spend months learning to defend my A game, and then that has to become, I have to like evolve it. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and then that took longer than that child has been alive for me to do that. Right. It took me 12 years to do that almost, 11 years. Yeah. Took me 11 years. Okay. Even if it only takes me. Even if as an adult, if I'm training the way, the, like the way you would get one in five years in jiu-jitsu now you could do it in five years. You could get a black belt in five years theoretically if you trained four to six hours a day every day, twice a day. Like if you did like two 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 two, two hours a day or two three hours a day, whatever, every single day, Monday through Saturday or Monday through Sunday, whatever, and that's how you train, you could be, potentially be a black belt in five years. You can't tell me that child has that same knowledge has that same understanding of the concepts mm-hmm. of your martial art understands angle understands weight distribution understands hip rotation understands connection to the floor how to be powerful you can't tell me that kid understands that right you can't tell me that, that kid understands um how to how to impart his knowledge down to other people not in a not in a um you know canned and and prepared in my little packet Uh, way that I want you to. I want you to really understand conceptually why this thing works the way that it does Mm -hmm. and then be able to then explain to someone else, not just because I like broke down the right words for you to say, but you understand it conceptually in a way that you can then, um, apply it without me showing you a move to apply, uh, apply it. Yeah. That's as you start, that's, that's, you know, like in, at, at the black belt level of jujitsu, you're not just, you're not doing move, not even in black belt. This is a purple belt. Okay. Blue belt. You should be doing this at white belt. This is what you should be striving to do is as you, as you learn concepts of jujitsu, You then. You should be able to apply those concepts in situations you don't even understand. Mm-hmm. So, sort of like, okay, well, I'm in guard. I conceptually understand this is how to pass guard. I need to break the bad connections. I need to I need to make his knees point away. I need to make his toes point away. I need to make sure that he doesn't attain inside control. Whatever. I can invent my own guard passing on the fly right there because I conceptually understand exactly what I need to do and how to how to like break that down. Yeah. If I'm dependent on my coach to show me a set of movements in every every single position and every single situation that I'm always going to be limited by the movements that I can remember Mm -hmm. and that the coach had showed me. But when I can understand the concepts and I can understand like how that this move or how this thing works and how this position works, then I can apply those concepts on my own. Without you even having to be there, and I can I can reverse dissect the situations and where I am in a role and what's going on around me mm-hmm. instead of depending on can I memorize the cheat code like I do in GTA where it's just muscle memory. Now you can get a black belt that way. I see yeah. people that are very good that don't understand the concepts. Yeah. To me, that's not a black belt though, or it shouldn't be a red barred black belt. Like because I can you you just spend enough time drilling that you're really good on the you mat. Understand it? Yep. You spend enough time. Well, you may not even understand it. You just spend enough time drilling it. You spent 10 years coming in class every day, and in that 10 years' time, you spent enough time on the mat that you've pretty much seen everything. Yeah. And you, you've pretty much seen all the different situations, and you've seen the coach teach you moves from all these different situations, and you're able to, like the muscle memory on the joystick, to, 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 to knock it out, right? There's something to be said mm-hmm. for that. That's why drilling is, is also important. Mm-hmm. Just like the muscle memory on remembering the cheat coded GTA. But if I can conceptualize it and really understand it on that conceptual level... I don't have to have that set of movements anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think as a black belt, you should have that too. You know what I mean? Especially if you're gonna teach, if you're gonna teach. And that's something that it takes time to develop, and really, like I said, I didn't start developing it until brown belt. That's when, like, I was very conceptual up to that point, but I didn't apply it to my Mm jujitsu the way I should have. And there was a lot of like false concepts that I like fallen victim to to people that weren't willing to evolve. Like this is always the case. You always need the underhook in this situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a black belt, you know that's never true. There is no situation that you always anything. Yeah. There is nothing that you always should X. There's never an always. There's never a never. Like this never works. That technique never works. Yeah. And you've said there's a never. N- there's never a never.
2: You've said that a lot during classes before. Like, you'll teach something, you know, that you taught at Brown Belt, and you'll be like, well, I taught it this way in the past, but, you know, I'm going to show you another variant. You know, that's not the only way.
1: Or i just learned a better way. Right, exactly. You know, you have to – in jiu-jitsu, you have to be able to pivot. Right. Unlike traditional martial arts, they've been the same for, you know, thousands of years, hundreds of years anyway. In our country, decades, because they changed them here. But, you know, um, it's sort of a dead martial art to me. When when, when the martial art ceases to evolve, that becomes – it's like a language. Yeah, you know what I'm saying if, yeah. if like the only reason to learn it is just for like the education factor of like you get your degree in X you know it's sort of like learning to fight with spears and bows now yeah. well, just and, and, and the, swords
2: the alive, you're,
1: you're keeping a traditional it. alive but that's, that's, it. that's a dead martial art yeah, that's, that's it's end. no longer really viable if, the, if my martial art like Taekwondo is primarily used for kicking people off horses in combat on the battlefield that's a dead martial art it really doesn't apply to, to yeah. life now you know, um, a really good sign to see if your martial art is dead or not is—is is it evolving? Is it changing? Like English changes. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, we didn't know what slaps meant. <laughs> okay, you know what I'm saying. You
0: hit me with some knowledge over the weekend too. What was that during the competition? Like, uh, I know I'm just a white belt and everything i don't i don't have a game and that's what you told me over the weekend it's like because i started talking about half guardian or yeah. lockdown i mean yeah because i like to play lockdown it's like right. there's nothing wrong with that don't worry about that like but you don't have a game you need to keep working on everything right. else and you build on. you it.
1: haven't seen enough jujitsu don't even know yeah. what you like yet that's that's like i do when white belt start like you really i think you need to do what makes you excited to train yeah so if lockdown makes you excited to train then you need to do lockdown you know what I mean? If that if you get excited to go to lockdown, whatever makes you excited to train and come in, and so be <laughs> consistent, then then you're going to get better. So like, but like white belts, oftentimes, and the reason I tell my white belts this is because um, I my got I got so caught up in my game at white belt and blue belt, really at blue belt. Um, but even since then, I got so caught up in my game, I refused to elevate beyond it. So, like, this is my game. This is what I do. I'm not really worried about anything that you teach me that's not this thing. And my jiu-jitsu stalled like a motherfucker. Little did I know getting better at all these other things was going to make that game better. You know what I mean? Like, I like I had different options. But I, like, got so into, well, I'm just a fundamentals guy. I'm, I wanted to be like Hicks and Gracie. I'm just a fundamentals guy. I don't really care about all that inverting shit. I don't care about, like, all that movement shit. I don't care about that, leg like, pummeling shit. I don't care about yada, yada, yada. I'm gonna stick to like like the arm bars from guard, the Americanas and Camorras. I'm gonna stick to the to the guillotines and the renecate chokes and just the, the fundamentals, so I see working, is working in MMA right now, yada, yada, yada. Well, the, the problem with that was I wasn't fluid, I wasn't learning, I was dead. And I was caught up in my own game. And then the world of jiu-jitsu evolved around me and I didn't evolve with it. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I know, you know you do have people like Ryan Hall hitting fucking MNR rolls to leg locks in a, in a MMA competition. And you do have people doing like traditional martial arts shit. Like you draw of Sonya at the best one eighty five in the world. He's in, he's the new Anderson Silva shit that I didn't think would work at all is being done at a world championship level. And what I then realized was, you know, there's nothing, there is no, never, there's no always, yeah. there is no, you know, you need to be willing and ready to evolve and and this is true in life too you see you see this happen in in industry you know your blockbusters you know to Netflix did you know Blockbuster I was listening to the guy that founded Netflix Blockbuster turned down buying Netflix for like a hundred million dollars or something at one time they laughed Netflix out the door dang yeah they laugh laughing looks, Yeah, <laughs> they went from like six thousand five hundred stores. They have one store. I like, think they laughed at their offer or something like that. Yeah, they offered them like a, they they want because they, they were intrigued by it. But the problem when you are you know when you are scaling businesses, one of the problems you run into is uh, as you scale, you. Like you have to have money to do that like like it takes like it, it you will get to a point that in order to get bigger, you have to sort of hemorrhage money and money was something that they didn't have. Right. so they went and made an offer to Blockbuster. they were like, you know, it's kind of our last last hope here because if they don't take it, we may go out of business, you know kind of deal and they went to Blockbuster and they were they were kind of intrigued by the, by it and then they told them their number, which was like a hundred million dollars or I don't I don't know what the number was, but they like basically laughed them out of the room damn. And Who's laughing now? Yeah, you look at it, and it's, but you see, Blockbuster, the Blockbuster couldn't pivot.
2: They tried, are, you know, you know the Redbox. Too late, man. They tried see, to do the same thing as right, Redbox, but that try- shit failed. But
1: look at Redbox. Redbox isn't as big as it was now either. I mean, there's bo- Redbox is there, right, but yeah. I guarantee you, they're not a Netflix.
2: Right, but they're still standing. But you don't see the Blockbuster ones. Right, they're still standing. They tried to, com- they tried to compete also, and it didn't happen. Yeah, really.
1: they're still standing because they're still able to put the newer yeah. stuff out. But yeah. dude, overall, like. You look like the inability to pivot. And they, they, I remember I used to use the blockbuster box. There was one at Southern Family Market yeah. in East Columbus. And I, that was what my guy didn't do the red box. I did that because yep. it was the closest to my house. But the thing is, dude, like if you, if you put yourself in a position, and I think this is true in life, and this is the reason why I have completely, dude, this year for me is all about completely changing the way I do business. Um, because you want to put yourself in a position in life where you are, able to evolve and pivot if you need to where if you come into a point where you're like this is really what I want to do if you're in a position like this is the direction I really want to go and you're not in a position that you can do that you made a mistake right you made a mistake you fucked up somewhere well then I found myself here the past couple of years and I've been you know what I mean like yeah. as we've talked about everybody's you know, everybody's all happy and proud dude I was more profitable in East Columbus though did y'all know that yeah, you, you, you've talked about that yeah. as far as when right. I was when I was in East Columbus. Everybody talks about how much money I'm making over here now that I'm on 45. Right. And I'm making, I mean, grossing a little more, but I was making more money in East Columbus. Really? Oh, yeah. And I was making more. Um, because it was like I had one employee and yeah. overhead was low. We didn't have a kickboxing class. The kickboxing class, while it's popular, didn't exactly, um, It didn't do everything that we thought it was going to by adding it back into the program because it's a a quick way to make money. But like back then, I just had, I was able to take nights off. I was making more money. Um, I had a lot more ability to pivot back then. I don't think the location is the problem here. I just think that um, I set myself up in a position I can't pivot. I can't grow. I can't evolve. I can't do. If I get something else now, I want to try this. I want to do this. Then I can't do it. Do you want me to turn your headphones down, Ma?
0: No, I was just my ears are hurting. Cause oh, got you. Know, like, you know, I got bitch ears. Sorry,
1: you do have bitch ears. I've never seen a dude get a cauliflower <laughs> ear so easy in my life.
2: He did. He for real did. But <laughs> like super
1: easy. But that that I think that's like powerful. Like in it, that's the case in martial arts. It's the case in business. It's the case in life. Like getting like being in a position like where you're able to and ready and willing to evolve and grow and like accept. Like this is the reason why. This is the reason why I think Chuck Norris is much closer to being the greatest martial artist of all time than Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee is the most overrated martial artist of all time. Most overrated martial Let me look at the camera here.
2: Can the camera <laughs> Oh yeah, you're in there.
1: Bruce Lee is the most overrated martial artist of all time. Okay? And the reason is is because he's not a fighter. Right? Right. He he, he didn't fight. Was he, was a he, showman. Had, he had a couple he, he had a good little acrobatic show that he did and he was in movies. He was famous. I'm not discrediting what Bruce Lee brought he popularized martial arts and Western culture. He was willing to teach Americans uh, Wing Chun, which is a bullshit martial art, but he's willing to teach it, okay? Let the haters brew. No, they're shaking their fist. <laughs> Man, I'm going to get some hay mail on this one, bro. Your martial art is bullshit. Um, but he's, the most, he's overrated not because of these things. He's overrated because people want to give him the title of greatest martial artist of all time. And, yes, he had, he, he had that mindset. Like he, he's the one that came up with that ability. to like He didn't come up with it, but he had that ability to pivot. He understood, like, okay, there's things we could be learning from boxing. There's things we could be learning from judo and wrestling. Wing Chun's not the end-all be-all. And that's where G2 Kundo come from. And the, the concept behind that is genius. The concept behind mm-hmm. that, to come from an actor, he was a really great philosopher, and the concept behind that is, is brilliant. Mm-hmm. For him to be able to come up with that without actually having to test it by getting in the cage.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like you should but be to, called a, one of the greatest
1: of all time. You'd to have call, to apply it. But to call him the greatest of all time is a little bit ridiculous. I mean, there's people that died on the battlefield. Like
2: the TIE and, fighter that started, a, was it Naknom Tom or whatever? Yeah. Like he that, could that, be that, in the running that for that it because he actually applied that. Yeah,
1: he, he fought the 10 Burmese boxers. Yeah. Uh, is that who you're talking about? Yeah, like the guy that the Nak Mong Tom Day or whatever the yeah. Muay Thai Day is named after is like celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the story? I do not know the story. Like, like the, he would be more than running for not, it. Not, than yeah, but but see, he wasn't in movies. Right. That's what I'm saying. He yeah. wasn't famous. He, but yeah. the legend goes. Uh, now I'm not here to tell you that everything that is in Muay Thai legend is a hundred percent accurate. But the way that the legend goes was at that time, uh, Thailand used to be known as what uh, was what was it what was, it, what, was it, what, 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 what was Thailand used to. What, is what it was for a long time. Oh, I mean, Ta- I you know, know, the name Thailand relatively new. Oh, um, I don't know. I'd have to look it up right quick. Right, let me look it up. Um, anyway, he was a like. I think he was only supposed to be. Was he a farmer? Or, I, don't, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think he, he was. Anyway, the way the legend go, um, I'm looking at trying to look this up and do this at the same time. Thailand used to be called. Let me just focus on one thing yeah, at a time. It is right here, I got it pulled up. You got it, Siam. Yeah, no. Siam, and then not not one toy. Do you want to? How do you say his name?
2: Uh, this is a, it's, it's spelled. Uh, it says Nai or Nay Kanam Tom, and I get. The, I've heard it called short Naknam Tom or something like that. but I don't know if that's true. Yeah, uh, is one that every Thai child knows, and one that graces every book or publications about the sport. He's one of the greatest Muay Thai heroes. It said in seventeen seventy four. He, yeah, he fought ten Burmese boxers, right? Yeah, he was right, a and war killed. prisoner in Burma. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then he killed all 10 of them in a, in a fight, allegedly, right? Didn't, didn't they die? Uh, let me pull it up here.
2: Oh, damn. That's like pages.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> a long story. Um, he fought 10? 10 in a row and killed in all 10. In a row? 10. Yeah. Not at one time, but in a row. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Touch out of nose, and four. Yeah, he, that's, the, that's the legend, though. He uh, They they believe that their fighting style was superior, to Burmese, and they he fought ten boxers in a row. And West is going to fact check me on this because I don't I'm, I'm not as good on the story as I should be. But yeah, it
2: said the Burmese had their own martial art, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't like the uh, it wasn't like Muay Thai. Um, I wonder what it was
1: like. It said, it's more like uh, Muay Thai now. It's
2: name it said uh, it said one not like Muay Thai, and its name is Parma. Parma relied heavily on the fist as a major weapon, whereas Muay Thai boxers were famous. For their kicks, uh, then and now, for their skills and using elbows, knees, feet, yeah. and as
1: well as fist. Yeah, so it was more of a boxing style. And then he ended up. Did he kill? Did he kill all ten of them? Um, let me see. Anyway, it's a it's a pretty cool story, and I think that yeah, he doesn't get the. He, he just said he the, he said he fell he didn't get
0: the recognition that he deserves.
2: Yeah, it says with his bare hands he fell ten opponents. It doesn't say whether he,
1: they died or not.
2: But they gave him his freedom after that. Yeah,
1: in He's a like, row. In a row. Yeah, that's the that's the legend. The legend was he, he beat 10 in a row. That was the legend that I've always heard.
2: Because yep. they, yeah, they thought their martial art was better, and he was like, nah, fam.
1: I'm going to show you. <laughs> I mean, you take out my 10 best guys, yep. I'm going to let you go too.
2: But what I'm saying is like he should be, he could be considered in the running for – Absolutely. Because he actually applied it. But like you're right. saying, Bruce Lee was just he was teaching an actor. it. Yeah. He
1: was an actor, and he taught it, and he had some brilliant ideas. But I just think that – you know, being really famous shouldn't necessarily make you the greatest of all time. That would be like saying that Conor McGregor is the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Yeah, Conor McGregor is a great mixed martial artist. He actually applies it. He could be – like, I, I could even see where people would make that claim, but it's mm-hmm. been disproven. You know, unless you say – you could say he might be the greatest 145-er of all time. Yeah. But since moving up weight classes and fighting Khabib, like, it just it's been – he's not the same guy at this weight he's not the same guy against this level of competition you can't call him the greatest of all time right. and you can't to me you can't call Israel Adesanya the greatest of all time now as he moved up to light heavyweight like I'm not saying he'll never earn it because I don't think losing a fight makes you not the greatest I mean Anderson Silva was, had lost four before he ever got to the UFC right? but at this point you can't say it now John Jones is in the running you could use the steroid argument to say he's not but he's in the running you know, Silva to me is still in the running, even with his, like him at his prime, you know, even with his post prime yeah. career, but not being so yeah. amazing. Well, we talked
2: about that too, as far as, uh, you know, the steroid thing, but the knowledge that John Jones has is still is still the damn same knowledge he has, right. as far as. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. The, the question
1: is, were, when he was on steroids, were the other opponents on steroids? And I think for a long time they were. Do I think all the time? No. But early, yeah. earlier in UFC, and I'm not talking UFC three. I'm talking like when Silva was champ, when GSP was champ. Yeah, a lot. I'm not saying everybody was on steroids,
2: but you know? Nate, yeah. Nate Diaz
1: <laughs> was it? Nate? that said everybody's on steroids. It was yeah. almost everybody. A yeah. lot of freaking people were on steroids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was a lot. It was a it was a large number. And so, can you really take it away from him at that point? Because if you can take it away from him, then you got to like. It's kind of hard to give it to, you know anything recognition to Mark Coleman. Yeah. You can't tell me Mark Coleman was not on roids. You know, you or, can't. Yeah, over him at one Overeem, point Overeem, time was oh, dude, juiced. Dude, you can't tell me over him didn't get juiced. <laughs> and then look at when you saw it. Look at his like physique from like when he was on him, then you saw it was there and then his physique changed. Like, come on, bro. Like he was still big. Yeah, oh, yeah. but he wasn't the same athlete. You know? I don't know. It is
2: You know, even when he was uh when he started out like in his younger days as a kickboxer he was tall and slender but yeah. then he like all of a sudden he, he just, just monster jacked
1: just monster <laughs> he was fighting like 205 at one time dude he put on like 50 pounds of muscle in like two years a year and a half two years it's crazy
2: he's still pretty big even I'm, though he's not juicing or he, maybe he's like half juicing yeah know.
1: well I mean if he's if he's fighting in the UFC still he's probably not I mean they're 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 testing is pretty rigorous on him I imagine yeah I imagine he was like the first one I imagine when you saw it had their first meeting about the UFC. All right, guys we're gonna be we gonna we're gonna be, be going, going after first <laughs> and then they like clicked a slide and the first one on there was over him and everybody was like we're gonna test him every day for the rest of the time yeah <laughs> like, like like this is the poster child for steroids he is gonna look like he's gonna look like Anderson Silva in three years when yeah. we get him off this juice because I mean he did he was like a tall lean slender 205 or and then, like, a few years later, he looks like a Marvel character. Yeah. Like a Marvel bad guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, look, he looked like the guy that the Marvel, like the Avengers were like, oh, shit. When they went he walked in the room. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? next Thanos. Right? <laughs> like, like Thor's like, like the Hulk is just kind of like, fuck, what are we going to do about this guy? You know? Like, I'm just saying. He was swole. And, and it was a, in a relatively short amount of time. Now, I'm not hating on the dude. I'm not hating on him because everybody, oh, no. everybody was on steroids. He was just better at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was just better <laughs> at steroids. Look, real talk, y'all are laughing. That's a real thing, for real.
2: Being better at steroids.
1: But people's bodies react to them differently. Yeah. So like some people, like if you do not, are not genetically like that way, steroids aren't going to do as much for you. There's some people that can get on steroids and they'll look like a freaking Mr. Olympia almost with like, maybe not. that's an exaggeration, but they'll look like a bodybuilder with like 500 milligrams of testosterone a week. You know what I mean, yeah. and then you have other people that get on them, and it's not—it's not that impressive. Yeah. Different. They've got to really dial it in. I think that he just had a genetic predisposition, and I feel like he also probably had it pretty well dialed in because, yeah, I mean, he was—he looked like he could have like been a, a bodybuilder if he wanted to when he was fighting. Like, he's still pretty solid, that's, You Can't though. argue with the results, right? You can't argue with the results. The the phys- in his physique, if nothing else, dude. Yeah, his physique was insane. So, man. I don't know, man. I think that. Uh, I think we should take one more shot. Yep. Before we, yeah, I'm gonna let uh, gonna let somebody else do this one. I think that I think right. you know his physique speaks for itself though. I do. I think it's uh, I think it's uh um. I think he's just real good at steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. He's just good at <laughs> yep. him. Well, all right. So anyway. Anybody got any other news? What were we talking yeah, about? got off on that. Um, you do have other news. That's what I'm
2: saying. In other news, actually, I was going to say that you know, Mo said something. I feel like we do need to give a shout out. We had Caleb Harris on here a few weeks back. Uh, was, yeah, and, for uh, sure.
1: He got that knockout Friday night, wasn't it? Yep.
2: Yeah, I think so. I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, Noah. Noah Cutter, maybe. When he
1: was when he came in here, he was like training real hard. Like we trained yeah. before, he was training all hard, and he was like, "Man, I just want to train hard just in case I get a fight." just in case they'll right, book yep. me you know like I'm not on the books they haven't told me they're gonna give me a fight but he was like begging for a fight on here They were. he was like he's been begging for a fight on social media and then they gave it to him and he knocked I believe he knocked the guy out um, it says uh, here it is it's on
2: Tapology two days ago uh, so what's it say it's kind of, I pulled it up And it has Caleb Harris Versus Noah Cutter But in the picture For Noah Cutter It has Chuck Norris Holding two Uzis <laughs> That just kind of Threw me off That's everybody's picture. But the headline says Caleb Harris defeats Noah Cutter via KO slash TKO At two minutes Of the round one
1: We're doing half shots So
2: uh So congrats to him That's all yeah, Congrats Caleb Harris Man yeah.
1: Congrats Caleb Harris Anyway Honestly I'm gonna do the shot But I think that's Pretty much all we got today Um Congratulations to Caleb Harris. Congratulations to um, everybody that went to the AGF tournament over the weekend in Jackson, Mississippi, or if you competed anywhere else. Super nice work over the weekend. Yeah, good work over the weekend. Uh, we're going to do a shot. We're going to get out of here, guys. Everybody have a wonderful week this week. We'll see you all in the next episode of the of Podcast. Peace. Peace. Peace.
0: Man. Brought to you by Relentless MMA finish.